Hey there. Welcome to Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, I'm all by myself today. We're kind of doing this podcast on short notice a little bit, um, mostly because everybody that I asked to do it this week is either doing exams or they got schoolwork, and I'm also getting caught up in schoolwork as well. So it didn't really work out to have a guest on this week. That being said, uh, we're doing kind of a mailbag question and kind of an Ian rambles on for an extended period of time podcast, which I think there's enough people who would listen to that. I, I would hope. Maybe not. We'll, we'll see, in, see in, the, uh, in the views and the ratings on this. Um, thank you very much for joining me. i uh, recording this uh, Wednesday, December 1st. We're already into December of 2021, which you know kind of goes back to the, you know, meme of me seeing that it's already 2022 also me trying to figure out how we're not in 2020 anymore which i think there's some truth to that i think we're all kind of in a way living in 2020 still aren't we 2020 and 2021 we're barely just getting by that um i got well three questions i'm gonna do for a mailbag i'm gonna talk about some other stuff later on so basically four people responded to the uh question sticker on instagram so thank you for those who did send a a question or a comment like if you're a shmuel syp creator Corey, uh first he says that college football is for bozos and what Corey doesn't understand or didn't realize before sending that is that i am indeed a bozo uh 100 i'm i'm willing to fully admit that i'm a bozo um that's not an insult i get very often um you know usually it's along the lines of like dumbass fat ass four eyes that sort of thing so bozo is kind of one of those ones that i think we should be bringing back in terms of like it's not it's not like it doesn't have a curse word kind of like one of those old-timey uh insults that's just meant to make you feel bad not meant to make you feel angry meant to make you feel like a sad depression type vibe um which i think we should be bringing back i'd rather be sad than angry um yeah Corey says college football is for bozos i don't know i'm kind of getting back into college football a little bit with some of these coaching hires lincoln riley going to usc now i finally have a reason to watch usc football we'll know more in the upcoming weeks about bowl games and potential matchups so far as uh as I'm recording this, the only bowl game matchups that we know so far are uh, the Bahamas Bulls features Middle Tennessee and Toledo, which I'm kind of surprised they're going back to the Bahamas, but good for Toledo and Middle Tennessee. Talk about a culture change there. Um, Memphis is going to be playing the Hawaii Bowl. I guess not against Hawaii. Uh, East Carolina is playing in the Military Bowl. That's kind of cool. Um, that's it. That 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 that's all for teams and matchups that we know in bowl games. So, no college football. I mean, it kind of is for bozos, but it's also for smart intellectuals like myself. Um, who I, I think at the same time I can be a bozo and an intellectual. I think I, that could be applicable. But I mean, we got you know a really fascinating playoff coming. We got major college football coaching changes. Uh, Be sure to check out my article on reasons college football is changing on speakyourpeace.ca. Great article, I thought. Um, 
that's what people are saying is that it's a great article. So I will probably have more college football content coming for you over the holiday. So that should be exciting. Um, Corey also asks, can the Canucks not be terrible and should they fire Travis Green? Um, great questions. I think the Canucks cannot be terrible. I thought this team was going to be a playoff team. I thought the forwards were going to be scoring enough. The goaltending was going to be good and that the defense would hold up enough to get them as like a wild card team or the third team in the Pacific, which clearly isn't happening right now. But I think firing Travis Green, and we have I, I have other Canucks questions here, so I, I, I can go on the Canucks here for a bit. I think with Travis Green, he I, I said this, I think, on the last podcast I did with Rav, where Travis Green is more valuable to the Canucks than anybody else. It's like Michael Saunders when he played outfielder for the Manners. Like, that guy is more valuable to the actual organization that he's with than with anybody else. Like, for like, we can talk about Montreal for a little bit too, but like Nick, Nick, Nick Suzuki is the top line center for the Habs. And, you know, the Habs drafted him. You know, Bergeron made him a top line center. He was somebody that he thought he could build around. He got the extension in the offseason. That's a guy who I think teams like. I think teams really like. I just think he has the most valuable with the team, most value with the team he's with right now. Same with Travis Green. I think Travis Green would get a head coaching job in another team, in another market. I, I don't think that's a concern. It's just right now, he's more valuable to the Canucks than anybody else. Um, would firing Travis Green really do anything for them? I don't know. I, 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 I do get the feeling that firing Green would be a last-ditch effort to save this season, and I don't know that that's really worthwhile. Um, this team stinks. It's not going to make the playoffs barring some miraculous comeback. And I know people are going to say, well, the blues went from last to first. And it's just like, okay, but how often does that happen? Like that doesn't happen very often. Like that, the blues were the exception, not the norm. And I I don't, I, I think if you really, I think if Travis Green is not your guy, if he's not your, your coach moving forward, you get rid of him. You rip off the Band-Aid. What's the point? You don't need to drag him out and, and drag him along this awful path because this isn't really his fault. I, I think he deserves a little bit of blame for it, but I don't think the Canucks failures this year are a large part of, you know, are, are, are largely due to Travis Green's coaching. I don't think that's true. Um, can a Canucks not be terrible? Yeah, they can not be terrible. I don't know about this season, but certainly down the line, <coughs> they can be not terrible. I, I Listen, this team has the pieces to be successful. They have a typically quality number one center in Pedersen. Uh, they have a bunch of great wingers with Besser, Miller, Connor Garland's been really good this year. Um, 
you know, JT Miller is somebody that I really like. They even have, I, I think Bo Horvat's good. Like their, their top six forwards are fine. And I'm not even including uh, Pat Colson or Hoglander, who I think will be top six forwards here in the coming years. Like I think their top six is, is, is really good. It's probably in the better half of the league, I would say. Uh, you have a defense that stinks uh, outside of Quinn Hughes. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not quite being generous to Oliver Ekman Larson, who's had a bit of a bounce back season, but still nowhere close to the seven point whatever he's making. Uh, Tyler Myers, uh, not good. The Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers experiment has not been great. Um Tucker Pullman, I think, still has three more years after this one. That's a shitty contract. Um, you know, I I, I, I like Quinn Hughes. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to have doubts about him being a top D-man that you build around. And part of me is thinking about how in like Colorado and Vegas, for example, they have multiple number one defenders, defensemen that they can just lean on at any given time. With Colorado, you you know, you can either get Devon Taves, uh, Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram. Like, you, Colorado is pretty well set in, here's a guy that we're going to lean on every night to be our top guy. Or in Vegas, it's like, hey, here's Shea Theodore or Alex Petrangelo. Or Alec Martinez. Like, there's multiple guys that they can build around. And for Vancouver, I think, you know, Quinn Hughes is definitely a top pair D-man. They just don't have anybody else to build around with him. Like, being a successful team means that you have, like, three to four minimum good D-man. Minimum good. Like, in your top four. And Vancouver... I'm going to check to see what the what the Canucks lines are. Vancouver is not even close to that. Um, they are far from being that team that has four top defenders, top four good defenders. So you have, according to Daily Faceoff right now, the top D pair of Ekman, Larson, Myers, yikes, Quinn Hughes, Luke Shen, um, yeah, and Kyle Burrows and Tucker Pullman. Um, Listen, I like Luke Shen if he's on a bottom pair. Um, I don't really like Tucker Pullman. I, I think he's okay, but not at the contract he's making. Listen, this decor sucks. I've said it before. But if the Canucks are going to be good, if they really want to be good, if they want to be not terrible, fix your decor. Um, and maybe that's where you have to trade Pod Colson. Or Hoglander. Bo Horvat. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's that's a way to fix it. And Thatcher Demko, that dude rocks. I think Thatcher Demko is a great goalie. Uh, he should be probably... I mean, Rav and I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's going to be between Campbell and Demko for the third spot. Which is about right. Like That, that seems fair. For Thatcher Demko and how well he's been playing this season and in you know years past, so we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what to make of the Canucks um, on ice for the rest of the season, but we'll see.
it, it's gonna it's probably gonna be bad before it gets better. It's gonna be worse before it gets better. Uh, another question: Why does Benning still have a job? So we talked about the on ice product with Vancouver. Let me talk about the off ice product with Vancouver. So the reason Jim Benning still has a job is because of incompetence at the ownership level. And I've said this on this podcast multiple times before. Working for a team, an organization, not just in sports. Like, this is just in general. This is, this is working for any business or any store, whatever. It starts from the top and works, your way, works its way down. Like, the vibe, the work ethic, the effort level provided – it all starts from the top. So I've given this example before about how the Washington football team and the New York Knicks, two uh, terrible organizations since I've been born. They have been awful uh, outside of a couple decent years. Knicks with Carmelo, Washington with uh, RG3. They, there has been a small sample of success in what has otherwise been a pretty putrid 20-plus uh, years. So. With the Canucks, their ownership group has decided that this is good enough. This is fine. This is okay. And that's not good because you're basically just not doing anything. You're you're being inactive. And I think a lot of inactivity... How do I say this? You're already losing. Listen, they're already losing now on the ice. But off the ice, you don't have any leverage. You don't have any sort of power or control when you're being inactive like this. Because any smart GM who sees what's going on in Vancouver recognizes that, oh, these guys are desperate. These guys are not happy with what's going on there is a good amount of panic in vancouver any smart gm can recognize this any smart owner should be able to recognize this and the reason benny still has a job is nothing really to do with his own it's not it's not really his fault that he's got here um it is to a certain extent, but he's just doing his thing. Like, we know Benning's not a great GM. Like, we, we know this. Um, he, he's, he's basically still doing his thing. Like, this is Jim Benning doing his thing for, like, the last three, four years. Like, we know what he is, and he's still doing his thing. Uh, he hasn't been bad enough to be fired, or at least not according to Frances- Francesco Aquilini, who, if he was not happy, he would have fired him, right? That's how it goes. Um, unless Aquilini likes losing, and maybe he's a masochist, and he just enjoys, you know, his own pain, uh, fans' pain. Maybe that's what this is about. But Bane still has a job because of inactivity from ownership. It starts from the top down. If the owner isn't, you know, putting his foot down, establishing control, um, then this is what happens. Stuff like this. And 
you know, last season in 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 the locket or in the bubble, not locket, in the bubble, um, there's an argument to just be made that everything was a shitstorm, everything uh, between the COVID outbreak, um, just the whole B situation. Petey was not healthy, but he also was performing at the same time. So it gets to a point where you caught you you probably should have done last year get rid of everybody cleaning house now you've stretched this even further like we're going to go into 2022 and there's no organizational changes for the Canucks I I I, if you haven't if they haven't made changes now when are they going to make changes like do we think there's a farther like a deeper down rock bottom that they go to that that's where I, I see this going with the Canucks and it, it's, it's, it's all on ownership. It's all on the back of ownership. Um, ownership has the responsibility and the choice to do anything, to do something if they want to. And they've decided, no, they've decided that they aren't interested in doing anything. So as a result, this is what you get. This is what's going to be happening. Um, whether the Canucks actually make a, a, a change, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I'm getting mixed signals from everybody, and I really don't know what the appropriate course of action is. I really don't. And the other issue then becomes, I don't know that Aquilini does. I don't know that Jim Benning does. Um, like here's the other thing you can't because one of the one of the things i'm hearing right now from from friedman and and a couple other people elliot friedman sportsnet you might have heard of him what i'm hearing right now is the the canucks are afraid to make a move because they're afraid it will bite them in the ass later on down the line like if they trade um pd and Petey becomes this otherworldly superstar. Ah, shit. Well, we made a mistake trade. Like, they don't want to make a franchise altering move that's going to set them back even further. Well, you can't go to Aquilini and say, hey, don't make any trades. We don't want to trade. We, we don't want to make any moves. So don't make any moves. Like, at that point, let the guy go. Because that's his job. That's the job as the general manager is to make moves, is to improve the team. And yeah, you can say that the team has not been improved under Aquilini or Benning, but you can't tell Benning no. You can't tell him, don't make a move. We don't want to make a move. Like, that's just stupid. Just say you don't, you know, just say he's gone. Just say you're out the door. You're done. Goodbye. We're, you know, adios. Like, just say you're done with him. Like, um, so in case you haven't got the message here, uh, Benny still has a job because of the owner's incompetence and because he's just doing his thing. Jim Benny's just doing what he does. It's been good. It's been working so far. He hasn't got fired yet. So anyways, um, and, and the other thing I want to mention here with this, so looking at like Montreal, for example, with, with Bergerman, um, Scott Mellenby and a couple other people leaving on Saturday, Sunday from New York, from the, from the Habs. The difference with those guys 
And I've been making this point recently in a, in a few other things, but sometimes things just run its course. Like it, it's like sometimes things just happen, they work out or they don't. And you just get to a point where you just run your course and you just, you got to the end of it. It's, it's over, like it's done. And that's kind of how I felt about Bergevin with Montreal last year. Bergevin went all in. Like he put his, you know what, on the table and went for it last year. He went and got Jake Allen. He went and got Josh Anderson. He traded Max Domi and I think a pick and signed Josh Anderson to a big deal. Like, you know, he signed Tyler Toffoli last year and he went all in. He was like, this is it. This is our chance. This is our opportunity. And while Montreal had a pretty bland regular season, they did have a surprising playoff run. I don't think anybody would tell you that team was really that good. Um, That was a a strong case of NHL parity and luck and just doing enough to get by, not actually controlling any of it. So with Bergevin even this, like the start of the season did not go well. And regardless of really the Stanley cup finals, like I think you kind of have to throw that out the window because the team wasn't really that good. And now everybody who was on that team is, you know, a lot of the leaders are either injured or gone and it just kind of runs its course. Like you you just kind of, you kind of got to the end of the line. Like, that was your opportunity. That was your chance to go win a cup and it didn't work out. And you, you, you kind of just move on. Like it, it is what it is. It was fun while it lasted. There were some highs and lows, but you just move on. It, it Things run its course. And that's what's happened here in Vancouver with Benning and Aquilini. It's run its course. And it happened a long time ago. It happened before the bubble. Like things ran its course. It, we got to the end. We, you know, we saw what this is like. Like, you can't ask for five more years, you know, give us three more years, five years into this. Like, you can't. Um, so that's kind of my deal about, like, the difference between Benning and the Canucks and Bergeron and Habs. And even, like, going back to last year, like, Tortorella and the Blue Jackets. Tortorella and the Blue Jackets just ran its course. Like we just got to the end of it. We saw what it was like. It's like, okay, we're done. We're going our separate race. We've had enough, you know, Torts had some really good playoff runs with Columbus. He kind of ran notable players out of town, i.e. Artemi Pernarin, Sergei Bobrovsky, Matt Duchesne. And then last season when, you know, shit kind of hit the fan for them, it's just they ran its course. It, it it's done. It's over. It was fun while it lasted. This is the end. This is it. You, you, there is no you know going further. So we'll see what it's like in Vancouver with Benning. I I I, I don't think Benning and or Green are going to get fired um, before 2022. Maybe that's New Year's resolution for them is to fire their GM. Um, finally. I got one baseball question here, which I love to see. Pierre asks, is Buster Posey a Hall of Famer? And 
when I first saw this, I was like, yeah, he, he's a Hall of Famer, right? He's, he's got to be. I mean, one of the best catchers of my generation, uh, seven-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion. I mean, yeah, like he, I, I feel like he's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know how, I mean, so career-wise, he has 1,500 hits. 158 home runs like this the stats for for posey as a hitter um you know they're pretty good like you know 39 doubles in 2012 34 in 2013 28 2014 28 2015 33 not too bad, I don't think. I mean, he, he's obviously, you know, dealt with health injuries. Like, he's, he's had some health issues. Um, you know, he didn't play in 2020 because of, you know, the pandemic. I really like Buster Posey. He, he, you know, so he is retiring this year, uh, age 34. I'd like to see him make the Hall of Fame. I, I kind of think he is. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take. Let me know. Like, you know, even in the postseason, like in the 2010 run, he was really good. Like that's where obviously a lot of that, that those Giants players really took off was in 2010 with Buster Posey, Pablo Sandoval, uh, Tim Lincecum, Bob Gardner a little bit, but not really. And then, you know, the 2012 run, Posey wasn't as good in 2012, but he was still a, a critical piece uh, for that team. You know, and, you know, you get to 2014 when they have to beat the Royals. Really good to start the postseason against uh, Washington and Pittsburgh. Slowed down quite a bit against St. Louis and, and Kansas City. Um, but, I mean, like him and Baumgartner, were just outrageously good uh, in that World Series against Kansas City. And I don't know if the, the voting committee will look at that and, and go, yeah, he, you know, he, he had a, a 200 batting average against the Cardinals in 2014 NLCS. He had a 154 batting average against the Royals. But he was, you know catching for Madison Baumgartner who had an all-time playoff performance like one of the greatest playoff performances um ever and then even this year you know having a resurgence you know he, he had a you know 300 batting average against the Dodgers in the postseason you know regular hitting like you know the 390 on base percentage of 499 almost 500 slugging percentage I I not the not the greatest batter, I will admit. Absolutely tremendous gold glove catcher. And I think he's I think he's gonna be in. So you know, seven-time all-star, three-time World Series champion, NL MVP in 2012, a, a catcher MVP. Just to give you a, an idea, um, 
how rare, how often that doesn't happen. Let me pull this up. Just to, just to show everybody. Um, this is always great. So, yeah, Buster Posey was the last catcher to win an MVP in 2012. And before then, Joe Maurer in 2009. And before that, Ivan Rodriguez, Pudge Rodriguez in 1999. Like, catchers don't win MVPs. And, and this is in the NL, by the way, that, Puster, that Buster Posey is getting a catcher. The last catcher in the NL before Posey to get an MVP. Like, we're going way back to Johnny Bench in 1972. Like, that's just how good this guy was, especially during that 2010 to 2015 dynasty that the Giants had. So... I'm going to say Buster Posey Hall of Fame. I, 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 he's got my vote for it. So there you go. Um, that's all the mailbag questions. Try to think if there's anything else that I really want to discuss before I head out here. Uh, we got uh, a couple of streaming events that I think we're doing, some live streams with some junior games. Uh, we got a Bachelorette podcast coming soon. So, you know, that's, that's kind of one of our favorite pods, I think, for, for people really like it when we do Bachelorette podcasts. So we'll be doing that uh, December 15th. I think it's when our, we're recording that. We got some World Junior streams, um, posting a bit more, some more podcasts coming out as well. So December is going to be the month of SYP, really. Um, yeah, that's all I got for today. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week uh hopefully we'll have two shows that we can do next week that's the goal and uh we'll be back again soon thanks again for listening or watching uh peace out and remember to subscribe to our youtube channel like this video on youtube uh follow us or add us on spotify same with uh, apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast and uh we'll catch you next week bye everybody